Well, welcome everybody to episode 27 of the Blow Off Valve podcast. Uh, this week is going to be a Formula One centric podcast. Um, we had a nice uh, race at uh, Silverstone this weekend, the British Grand Prix. And there were a lot of kind of interesting facets, um, both to the race as well as to qualifying that, that we're going to touch on. But probably the biggest one was the first ever use of sprint qualifying, which, you know, a conventional F1 race. You would have free practice on, you know, Friday, a couple sessions, and then Saturday you'd have qualifying where everybody just tries to get, you know, their single best lap, and that determines the grid position for Sunday's race. Well, sprint qualifying is a bit different. So they had what would look like a conventional qualifying session on Friday, but that qualifying session determined the order, grid order for saturday's sprint qualifying race which essentially was like a mini grand prix so it was 17 laps instead of i think 53 for the the full race and the final position of everybody in the sprint qualifying race was going to determine the grid position for the full race on sunday so it's kind of meant to be they're trying different f1's trying different things trying to make the sport more interesting add drama you know on a qualifying lap, a qualifying session is interesting from the standpoint of you can go the fastest, but there's not much drama. There's no wheel-to-reel racing. You know, people aren't racing each other in qualifying. Mm-hmm. And racing always has some drama to it. And so I think that was probably the idea behind it. But it actually made it, you know, quite interesting. You know, I, I actually enjoyed watching the highlights from the sprint qualifying race. Um, it, yeah, what do you think I, about the kind of, what do you think about this new potential system? Looking back on it, I thought it was kind of cool. It was interesting to see something different. Mm-hmm. And so I enjoyed it from that perspective. Yeah. I feel like a lot like the, you know, the Grand Prix, we end up with maybe two to five minutes of pretty intense racing. Right. And then we kind of end up in these, you know, DRS chains or, right. you know, yeah. the, grid the cars kind of self-sort at that point. And so right. it felt very much like a mini Grand Prix. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I, looking back, because I thought about that at the end of it, you know, what was my reaction to this? Mm -hmm. And there's not as much drama for sure in in the qualifying, but it is kind of interesting to see a little bit about, you know, the tire strategy. There's not as much drama in your typical qualifying, but Right. When you think like, oh, you know, you think back to, okay, Perez, he was thinking back to um, maybe it was the steering Grand Prix Mm -hmm. and he had like a wasn't like a great out outing. And so then they had to switch tires. But then that kind of impacts his race strategy. And so Mm -hmm. there's kind of these dominoes that you see fall. Um, Right. People when they go in and then they decide to come out. um, Right. You know, things like I remember one one of them recently where, you know, Lewis was trying to hustle to the be front of the pack. And then he probably ended up getting all this kind of junk on his tires because mm-hmm. he was off the racing line. And then they, there was some discussion afterward about that kind of impacting his qualifying time at the end of the day. So I, I think my, my di- kind of takeaway feeling from this was I'd like to see it maybe once in a while and there might be some tracks where it would be cool to see it on just because mm-hmm. they're good passing tracks, you know, like this where you can get you right. know, some 
you know, where it's feasible. Some tracks, right. you know, you just don't have it. As, yeah. Like doing it in Monaco seems kind of pointless. Maybe not as good, not a good idea. Yeah. But I don't know that I would want to see it replace the traditional qualifying, at least at this point. You know, yeah. again, there's two to five minutes of really intense racing and then everybody kind of self sorts. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, you think about uh, a traditional F1 race and the qualifying, I'm sorry, the first cup, the first few laps is where most of the eye drama racing crashes, et cetera, happen. And then, you know, the mid race is kind of all about tire strategy, pit stop strategy. So the sprint race was essentially kind of long enough to get into that, almost to that area of, you know, not much happening in terms of passing and, and battling. And I, I would honestly enjoy it if they shorten it up even more and made it because, because I think some of the most drama that we had was that restart at Monaco, you know, where it was like two laps and I don't think it's necessarily yeah. be that short, but I think if you had like an eight lap race, people yeah. are just going to be going at it. Yeah, and, you got to go for it, right? <laughs> and and but I agree with you. There, it's interesting because I think this probably appeals more to the person that came into F one because of Drive to Survive and stuff, where they're not necessarily a a motorsports fan, but they got into it. They're they're interested in the personalities and the drama. And they're not, but they're not necessarily as savvy about the kind of the chess match that happens in qualifying. Like you said, with when did they release their driver to do a flying lap, you know, or versus when they hold them because there's traffic, you know, what tire are you going to use? Because that limits your tire choices for Sunday, you know, all that sort of stuff that is interesting to people who are like super invested in in f1 and and understand the strategy and and stuff because that then it becomes interesting but it's a bit like watching it's a bit like watching golf like Like if you understand what they're getting at yeah yeah, like if you understand what they're doing it's super interesting but to the layperson you're like well this is kind of boring so i think that if f1 is trying to expand its viewership and try and maybe capture some people that are are coming in because of the netflix series but they they're trying to get them to stay i i think that it's a it's probably a good thing, but I'm with you. I think it'd be fun to have these qualifying sprint qualifying races at, at tracks that are known for a lot of, you know, a lot of opportunities to pass at least, you know, whereas like Monaco, you know, we've said before the, the qualifying is, is about as dramatic as the race most of the time because there's just not anywhere to pass. So, but it, yeah. I, I love that. I love that F1's trying some different things and they're not afraid to, to do something different uh, to live up. That. You know, lighten up the formula, and so at the end of at the end of the sprint qualifying race, basically the the final grid for the full race on Sunday, uh, Max Verstappen was in first, uh, Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas second and third, Charles Leclerc in fourth, Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo in fifth and sixth, which was really strong for McLaren. Yeah, uh, and then Alonso seventh, Vettel eighth, uh, George Russell in ninth, and Esteban Ocon uh, in tenth, uh, and that was kind of how. That was how they started, and the race started off with a real bang. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, they it really did, Ma- honestly. Max gets a a great shot off the start. Um, gets yeah. in front of Lewis. Uh, and both of these guys turn. were at one hundred percent. Yeah, they're, I'm, that 
starting yeah. line. Oh my god, they were just all over. I mean, each other. the the interesting the interesting thing is that since Red Bull have shown so much pace, Mercedes are now in a position where they know if they let Max get out yeah. in front and get clean air, they're He's in gone. trouble. Yeah, they're in real trouble. And so I think that makes Lewis fight even harder on that initial lap. And so I think Max gets through, they get through the first turn, almost touch. They get through the second yeah. turn. Uh, and then I believe it was going into the third turn. Max is going a bit wider on the turn. Right. Lewis is down the inside of him. And, and Max, Max is, I think when you looked at those replays, yeah. He was in front of Lewis. Like he was. He not by a tremendous amount, but Lewis objectively, is, I think he was in front of him. Lewis's front tire had just gotten in front of Max's back tire. Yeah. Basically, is what they're how they were positioned. And now this is where it gets it's yeah. hotly debated. <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> so Max turns in to tighten his line through the corner because the line he's on, he's he's going to go wide of the the racing line. So he turns in a bit. Lewis does not turn in any further. And so as Lewis is kind of keeping his line straight and Max comes in, uh, Lewis's front left tire hits Max's rear left. The tire comes off the rim. I mean, it looks like the suspension broke or something. I mean, it was pretty dramatic for the level of contact. Yeah. Max goes <laughs> flying off the course and not literally flying, but you know, is, I mean, they were doing the better spinning, part of 200 yeah. miles an hour going into yeah. that corner. He spins off and goes into the tire barrier, basically a side impact in the tire barrier. And I found this out after the race, but according to Christian Horner, the Red Bull team principal, they recorded a 51 G impact uh, when he hit the tire barrier, which got pers- these guys have young aortas. <laughs> yeah, no, no crap, man. That's that's what's, I mean, it oh like God. we can debate what happened in the subsequent fallout from that. But I think what's really amazing as you look at that, the um, Roman Grosjean crash from last year uh, was a 60 plus G impact. Uh, yeah. ignoring the fire and all the horrible stuff that happened after that. But you just think that is, you know, if if these guys weigh, say, 120 pounds, that's what, 6,000-plus pounds of force being applied to yeah. them, like, in an instant. Um, it's just bananas. I, I mean, so the fact you know, that they... You look at, yeah, you look at, like, um, you know, when Senna died, and, you know, you yeah. look at, like, Dale Earnhardt, when, yeah, when he died, they were right. crashes that we were like, what "The hell!" Like it didn't look that. They bad. should be getting out of the car by now, right? And so these these crashes where they're just absolutely catastrophic, you kind of think, I don't know. It's just interesting yeah. now that we basically look at a lot of these crashes, and you just kind of expect you they're assume gonna they're going to the live. Car. Well, yeah. and that's that is what's amazing. I mean, these crashes in the '80s and early '90s, these people are dying. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the reality of F1 back in the 70s was 60s and 70s. You had people dying, not necessarily every race weekend, but, you know, multiple times a year. And it really is, I I mean, it speaks volumes to things like the Hans device that was really implemented uh, in every racing series after the death of Dale Earnhardt Sr. You know, the, the 
the, how good the F1 cars are as a crash structure mm-hmm. in terms of protecting the driver. Yeah, their crumple uh, zones and then their the crumple kind of zones regions. Right. Yeah. The the driver compartment uh, being so well fortified. I mean, it just it's amazing when you figure this guy went sideways in the barriers at I don't know probably 150 160 miles an hour. Yeah, it's insane. And, he was shaken up initially. Like it took him a little bit to get out of the car, but he yeah, walked into the ambulance uh, to go get, you know, they took him to go get checked out at one of the local hospitals. And, you know, look, you look at Grosjean, his crash, like his injuries were basically all from the fire. They weren't from the impact, which uh, it's just, I, I yeah. think hats off to, to every, everyone that um, has, you know, over the last 20, 25 years that, that has made F1 into uh a series that you can watch with an expectation that regardless of what happens, everyone's walking away today. You know, or, yeah, that's a really good point. You know, you don't, I think the Grosjean was kind of, you know, the pit in your stomach feeling, but even yeah. today I didn't, didn't really have that feeling. I just thought oh, mm-hmm. it's pretty nasty, but I'm sure right. it'd be okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. you're right. You can, you can enjoy you can enjoy watching these at this point, and you're not you're thinking, not going to watch them between your fingers, you know. Hands yeah, face, thinking like, you know. oh, what, what the hell am I supporting here? Or yeah, you know, killing a couple drivers every year. You know, this is madness. Yeah. But there's a uh, there's a wonderful documentary called One. Um, for for those of you that may be interested, that is about Formula One and kind of the evolution of safety changes in F1 and and what drove them. And a lot of it kind of comes back to Sid Watkins, the neurosurgeon, uh, who basically was the head of F1's medical team, and just the unbelievable amount of work he did, the experiments he did to see, to better understand how the forces in the car are, you know, impact the driver. It's just, it's a, it's a phenomenal documentary, but it really goes to show, like, how serious they started taking it. Compared to the days of Enzo Ferrari, basically, yeah, exactly. Not wanting to get too close to. I mean, there are stories where he doesn't let, he doesn't, and he doesn't let his kids get close to any of their Formula One drivers because there was an expectation they would not be alive for more than you know three or four years after he started That's employing insane. them. Yeah, uh, it just amazed no, me. Right. Anyway, so that that aside, um, you know, there was a lot of debate. Do you think? that Lewis so Lewis ended up getting a 10 lap penalty because they deemed that he was or a 10 second yeah or, a 10 second penalty, I'm yeah. sorry it's yeah I'm sorry thank you a 10 second penalty basically had to sit for 10 seconds before they could do you know tire change or whatever they're going to do and so obviously the stewards ended up deeming Lewis at fault to a degree in, in the accident what did you what did you think yeah it's so difficult to say I mean these are human decisions with at these speeds. I don't even think our brains can think at these speeds, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I think these two are, there's a lot on the line here. They're battling for the, you know, championship. They both know it, mm-hmm. you know, if Max has another kind of breakout session and, you know, it just puts more of a buffer in between mm-hmm. them and makes it more impossible. Right. And I think that, you know, when you look, when you kind of slow everything down and look at what what occurred, mm-hmm. I think you've basically got a moment in time where both drivers are expecting 
the other to kind of back down. Right. And there is really like no incentive for either of them to back down at this point. Right. I mean, you've, you've seen them like duke it out over the, the first, you know, two or three turns. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, freaking bumping tires. I mean, they're right all over each other. And mm-hmm. like you said, Lewis probably knows that once Max gets out in clean air, the race is done. Right. And it's all, so basically it's all on the line. And whereas, you know, if you're, let's say you're, you know, Sergio Perez and you're battling, I don't know, George Russell, who cares? Mm -hmm. You just back out because you're going to get him on the next lap. Right. And so I think it's a, a mindset, you know, it's a blind spot, you know, Max is a, I don't know what he could see at that point, but I assume right where Lewis is positioned, he's thinking he's behind me. He's definitely mm-hmm. not out in front of me. Mm-hmm. And so I think I have the racing line. I'm going to start to turn in. Right. And, you know, Lewis is thinking I'm nudging, you know, I'm in the racing line. So why the hell do I need to move? You right. Know? Um, it's, it's possible that, you know, when you review it, you could think to yourself, yeah, Lewis probably could have maybe gotten over a little bit. But I think, you know, if I'm working really hard here to assign, you know, who gets blame, I just don't think it's really possible. I was yeah. I was super pissed off when it happened because I was just like, well, shit, you know, there goes the race. I want to see mm-hmm. these guys, you know, duke it out over the entirety right. of the Get race. The strategy and, of it, yeah. Yeah, and so it was really frustrating that, it happened and it knocked Max like completely out to the point that he didn't even stand, you know, he's done. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of what pissed me off. I wouldn't have, you know, okay, somebody damages a front wing and there's, you know, a little penalty and they pit, we could at least see them duke it out. I think I was just pissed at how like catastrophic the, the outcome of it was, but I can't really like blame anybody for, trying yeah. to make decisions at that speed and then and, and that finite amount of time they've got to work with. Yeah, I agree. I, I was genuinely surprised to see the stewards penalize Hamilton at all. Um, they've really set a precedent by and large of letting a lot of contact go on the first lap or two of the race. A lot of kind of things like uh, when Ocon got knocked out of the race uh, or when Gasly got knocked out of the race a couple weeks back, you know, and kind of ended up pinballing into another car. Like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, no one ended up getting penalized in in any of that because they just deemed it. Yeah, what do you do? I mean, you got three cars wide going into a turn. <laughs> like, it, stuff happens. Like, it's racing. Exactly. Yeah. And they made a good point on the broadcast of you know we want these drivers to be going ten tenths at each other. Like that is exciting racing like we want these guys to 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 race to get after it and if you're going to penalize them for going for yeah. a gap then it's going to you know make them not go for that gap and it's going to lead to less interesting racing part um, of me kind of wonders a little bit if it you know i'm just making this up i have no i have no grounds for this but part of me wonders a little bit were they doing this because of how like catastrophic the outcome I, was? I think you're exactly right. I think you if know, it had like, been, let's keep this interesting by penalizing him 10 yeah. seconds. Cause otherwise he's gone. And it's over. No, I, I, I think, I think it's not so much that it was going to then lead to Hamilton winning 
without any effort yeah. because it didn't actually like, and we'll get into that. But um, I think because of how severe the crash was, I yeah. think they, if it, if it had been, you know, if they had contact and it led to suspension damage for max or a front wing damage or something where like he can limp back to the pits. Yeah. I don't think anyone gets penalized. I think the fact that, a guy yeah. was flying off the track at 150 miles an hour and had to go to the hospital. They were like, well, we got to do something. Um, yeah. You know, and that's, Christian- and that's maybe, you know, that's maybe a fair point when you look at of all the, this is a fast track, right? You yeah. know, and there are some places where if you had that contact, you know, coming into the starting line where mm-hmm. you got those chicanes and stuff, well, who cares? You know, nobody's going to get killed in that, but right. this is a really, really high speed turn. And so, yeah. It's you one know, of the highest maybe, speed on, on the on the entire calendar, yeah. basically. And so maybe there's I know it's still the first lap, so again, I don't think I can really fault anybody, but if there are places, you know, to push the limits, mm-hmm. maybe that's not one of them. And yeah, so, so I I agree. I I think it is I think that was the argument that Christian Horner put forth when he talked to Mike Massey, um, the FIA yeah. director. He basically said, you know. Everyone, he's like, Lewis has a ton of experience at this track. Everyone knows you don't try that move at Cops, which is the name of the turn. Uh, because if you get it wrong, yeah, it's going to have serious consequences. Yeah. And they're, yeah, they're going off and they're going off fast. And it can lead to, you know, potentially horrible outcomes. So I think that, I think that's probably what led to him getting fine or getting the penalty is, is he did, he did a move that was, probably not unreasonable, but he did it in a very unsafe location. Um, yeah. And, you know, in watching the replay, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm still not convinced Lewis did anything wrong. Like Max. I agree. Max tucked in. Lewis was basically. Basically cut him off. He basically tucked in to right. take over the racing line and cut him off. And that's. Right. And Lewis had every right. Yeah. But Lewis to had, defend that. <laughs> yeah. But Lewis had every right to be where he was. So I, I, I think it's, it's really tough, but it's I think at the mess. end of the day, they said, well, we want to do this to dissuade other drivers from making dangerous moves in high speed corners like that. That's I think fair. That's probably what happened. I think that's probably fair. You know, um, so it would yeah. not have been, you know, think of what are we all talking about at this point? If, you know, Max didn't walk out of that car, you know, not good. So, yeah. I agree. At the end of the day, it's fun to have racing. It's fun to have aggressive racing, but I don't want to see anybody getting killed. And, you know, safety has got to be at the top. It's what makes it sustainable. Yeah, I I agree. I think, and I think that was what happened. So anyways, the race gets initially yellow flagged and then red flagged because they had to um, repair the tire barrier uh, so that if on the freak chance that somebody else went off, uh, and hit the same spot Max did, it would have, you know, the same integrity it had when Max hit it. Yeah. So when the race was red flagged, Charles Leclerc had actually passed Lewis. Yeah. To get the lead. And he was uh, watching all of this from the yeah. race. <laughs> yeah. So he, he gets up in front of Lewis. So when the race restarts, kind of a drag race to the first corner, Leclerc is in, is, stays in front of him and actually is in front of him for the vast majority of the race. I know, uh, I know. <laughs> and they had a little bit different tire strategy. Lewis gets put on some hard compound tires to run out the last of the race and uh and ends up passing uh Charles on lap was it 50? 
Yeah, it was 50, you know, and the thing was before they came in for that tire swap, you know, Charles was unfortunately having some engine cutouts. Right. Which yeah. I just thought, oh my God, you poor man. Poor man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, here you so, are. You're trying to keep a, a second and a half ahead of Lewis. So you and Charles have something in common because for him, it wasn't a mechanical problem. It was a software <laughs> Software, problem. man. Software runs the world. <laughs> I love, so I did think of you. We, uh, we weren't able to watch the race uh, Live together. together and, yeah. And so I, I thought about you because I was just chuckling to myself when they uh, radioed him back and they're like, we think it's fixed. We're hopeful. We're optimistic. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And then like, like two that, laps later, that, <laughs> it's, it's not what you want to hear. We're hopeful and we're optimistic. Yeah, we exactly. The software issue. <laughs> yeah. You've got a bunch of like, you've got a bunch of guys with grease under their fingernails being like, we think the software's fixed. You know? Yeah. I think the mapping's fine. Yeah. So basically what happened, basically the software that, you know, determines like, every, you know, his his entire engine mapping, which controls, you know, f- fuel flow, spark plug, all that sort of stuff, all that is controlled by, you know, very high level electronics and software. And their software was having some kind of issue. Uh, and so he was getting his power, you know, his power was dropping intermittently and he was having some issues and having to kind of main, you know, swap settings on the fly. And so as if he didn't have enough to do holding off, you know, a seven time world oh. champion right behind him. He's, <laughs> he's having fiddling some, with buttons he's on the doing some computer programming. Wheel. Yeah, he's doing some some yeah, some freaking DOS programming <laughs> oh, yeah. on his steering wheel. But did extremely well, held him off really as long as he could. But yeah. Lewis, you know, that Mercedes is just faster than the Ferrari at the end of the day. Yeah, I felt kind of bad, you know, at the you know, end I was thinking Ah, is there a way he can hold on, mm-hmm. you know, and a couple uh, 10 laps before he, he had asked, you know, what's Lewis's pace? And he thought, OK, you know, he made some comment like, oh, I've got I've got room to breathe. Like, we're going to be OK. And right. then you just saw Lewis, you know, lap after effing lap, just Basically cutting a, seconds a second, off. literally a second a lap. Uh, and and I thought, like, okay, yeah, and I thought, OK, this guy's tires are going to go to hell. I just, yeah, you know, and, and he was somehow, trying to blister the tires. Yeah, but. yeah, but he just—he's a machine when it comes to tire management. Yeah, I think he knows the limits of those, and he just knew he could keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And yep, ah, it was just yeah. Uh, I mean, I was—I understand it was the the home Grand Grand Prix, you know, the British Grand mm-hmm. Prix, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'd love to see, you know. Charles at the top, yeah, but he is just getting reeled in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nothing no, he can do I, about it. I was rooting for Charles, but you're just—it <laughs> it was, it was inevitable. I mean, it was. I know. You know, Lewis was Thanos. Like he was. <laughs> yeah, it's there just was no happen, escape. Man. Sorry, uh, but uh, yeah, so it was a, it was a great run by Charles. He ended up finishing second to Lewis. Uh, Valtteri finished third. The McLaren boys, Lando and Daniel, finished fourth and yeah. fifth um, ahead of uh, Carlos Sainz and sixth in the other Ferrari. So really, you know, a and wonderful Carlos, race for McLaren, which was great. Um, you know, when I think about it, didn't Carlos have, um, didn't he have a really bad pit stop? Yeah, he so one of the guys that had he, he did have a really bad pit stop. I think his right rear, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. So there were a lot of guys that came in and had really uh, slow pits today, including I think Lando had one as well. 
Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, when he was in the fight with you know for third with Valtteri, yeah. and there was speculation that it was one of the hottest British Grand Prix, if not the hottest ever. I think it was the best part of like eighty seven or eighty eight air temp there, but the track temperature was one hundred and twenty two. Yeah, and so insane. you can imagine, you know, things are expanding. Just e- even if it's millimeters, I mean that that can be. The difference between getting a tire off cleanly and yeah. having issues with the, <laughs> with the air gun and everything, getting the nuts off. And so there was speculation that that was why so many people were having issues with tires not really wanting to come off very easily on their pit stops. Um, yeah. So. I mean, when you look at the the end here of the times, I mean, you could con- you conceivably, you know, some of those pit stop issues at the end of the day didn't really matter. You know, right. the, but for Carlos, who finished the second behind Daniel, yeah, yeah, it did, it did right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of totally. interesting. Yeah, I, it, you know, all these little things. Those are the things that create. It's the difference between a championship team and a, you know, mid place yeah. or back of the pack team. Is like you look at truth. Red Bull. Red Bull they has had a meltdown, man. This was basically a meltdown weekend for them. Really, kind of sucks to have seen that. Yeah, but you know, even Perez, gosh, the guy. Didn't he start in the pit lane? He I mean, started in pit lane. Yeah, what a and then disaster. <laughs> he, he was he just had issues during the race. He didn't even finish in the points. You know, so it it, oh, it it's funny because because it, it actually was kind of a home race for them too because they're based despite right their, them being an Austrian you know team on paper and there's the Red Bull Ring in Austria where they raced. The vast majority of them are based in. Milton Keynes in and around Milton Keynes in England. And so this was, this is the race where actually a lot of the people from their factory and the engineers and stuff can actually go see the race. Yeah. So really disappointing day for them, but great day for McLaren and their fight against Ferrari. Um, yep. Got Mercedes points. is very much back in it. You know, we've, Mercedes, we've got a championship yep. race at this point. Yeah. So. I mean, it went from being a, you know, a 30 or 40 point lead, I think for Max to being like seven or something like that Yeah, uh, between him and Lewis. So, I mean, it's all to play for in, in the rest of the season. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of this kind of back and forth. It shows what, how big an impact one race, good or bad can do for you. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's kind of like I, what, I don't remember where this was, but was it Azerbaijan? Yeah, where you know Max, his tire Max. blew up. So oh yeah, he's yeah, out. Yeah. Yep. And you're thinking, you know, all Lewis has to do is get it across the freaking line, and he's yeah. in a clear pony, you know, somewhere in the teens for points. Yeah. And then he his whatever happened, he goes on the restart right through. Just yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, when, when, he had like, his, when he had his brakes in it in the yeah. wrong mode, and yeah. you're like, perfect. Both of them didn't finish, so yeah, exactly. you know, kind of everything stays where All it was. Even. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a great race. You know, there was it, the um, I don't know what the precise rules were at, <clears throat> at Silverstone, but the fans were back in the stands in large numbers and. Yeah, uh, obviously a British driver down. winning. It was made for some amazing scenes. Yeah. Lewis did a full lap, basically with a British flag being held, holding yeah. a British flag as he goes around, and the fans are going nuts. And it, it's funny, you know, I, I, I didn't fully appreciate the fans, what they added to to the affair. Uh, but you could hear, yeah, in sprint qualifying, in the qualifying on on uh, Friday, in the race. 
you could hear like when Lando would pass somebody a cheer. You could hear the cheer from the yeah. crowd on the telecast, uh, and and it really did add a lot to the race. It was really fun to see. So um, it's yeah, great it's to a, have the crowds back. It's a it's a different dynamic with with everybody back. It's really yep. great to see. Yep. So the uh, Formula One has a, a break next weekend. It'll be back um, Sunday, August first, with the Hungarian uh, Grand Prix at the Hungaro Ring. Uh, so a lot more drama to be had. There was some kind of after race drama we were talking before we got on uh, to record about uh, Max. Max put out a kind of I, I think kind of a, a petulant tweet that uh, he was disappointed seeing how much Lewis and everybody was celebrating while he's still in the hospital. And I I think he he definitely he and the Red Bull team definitely feel hard done by. Uh, because so, yeah. because ultimately the 10 lap penalty meant absolutely nothing Lewis still won and Red Bull got zero points from the race and so it, it was kind of a I think it just adds more fuel to the drama so uh, I think so yeah I don't I mean the guy's frustrated he, he yeah. got knocked out you know yeah. it is what it is he's just he's just pissed off yeah so we'll have the Hungarian Grand Prix uh, August 1st and then Actually, a huge break. Uh, the Belgian Grand Prix is Sunday, August 29th, so we'll have like a month break. The Belgian mm-hmm. Grand Prix, for those that haven't seen it, is one of the coolest freaking racetracks in the world. It's at Spa-Francorchamps. has yeah, one of the most is. famous uh, turns, um, Eau Rouge. Uh, so we've got some really yeah. fun race to watch coming up. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So anything you want to add, buddy? No, that's great. All right. So we'll be back next week. It'll probably be... Uh, you know, focus on, there was a lot of interesting car news uh, this week, but we want to focus on the race. So we'll probably cover some of that next week. And I did want to get a special shout out to my sister and brother-in-law and my parents who, um, for my birthday, which was uh, this past week, sent me uh, just this Lego 911 RSR kit, which this thing, I'm putting it together. And this thing has a 260 page instruction book and the car is like the best part of like a foot and a half long it's it's amazing so great present but yeah uh, it's super cool yeah they're they're they they're listeners to the podcast so i want to give them a, a shout out so cool. pretty cool <laughs> but um yeah so thanks so much for listening everybody uh we'll be back next week and until then uh, subscribe to us on itunes or podbean uh, rate us, leave comments, all that stuff helps get us out to, to more listeners and, and kind of create a bigger community and follow us on Instagram at the blow off valve podcast. Let us know what you're thinking about the show. If you have any topics you want to hear on the show, any thoughts, um, that'd be where to find us. So until then, we'll see you next week.